Welcome to Annie Bros Podcast 154. Today, the cousins talk about what they've been up to generally and talk for a time about Trigger's newest mega hit, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. So get ready to drop out of school and become a degenerate because Annie Bros is starting now. Okay, well, oh, that's a little bit too loud. Okay. <clears throat> oh, welcome to Annie Bros. No. Did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, go so ahead. Sorry. You can sing, sing us a little song. That's fine. Uh, I, was, I was just <laughs> checking my levels, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to Annie Bros. Uh, as, as always, as recently, we are the cousins uh, here again for another fantastic time. Uh, Deep in the in the depths of uh, Boise, Best Western. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Red Lion. I was uh, I was at a at the Boise Red Lion. Um, yeah. Well, although I'm I, to... oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm slightly hesitant to say that because uh, friend of the show, good Patrick, um, lives in Boise, but my business travels did not afford me the opportunity to see him. So I didn't even give him the courtesy of saying, "Hey, I'm in your city." <laughs> so I feel terrible. I've done the, I've done this exact thing before, and uh, what what I've learned is you just just pretend like they're not alive anymore. <laughs> and then it's easier to ignore them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I got I got nothing. Um, <laughs> But no, I was trying not to alienate our our uh, listeners who might you know not be able to afford the hotel forty three studio sticks experience that you guys <laughs> that you're up to right now with your I don't know like probably sky sky bar and steak <laughs> extravaganza. I'm actually, uh, the area I'm in is uh, kind of flat, and I'm I'm only on the second floor, um, so I'm. I have a pretty good view of the roof of what I think is the ho- is the the steakhouse attached to this hotel. Um, so context for the listeners: I am currently on a business trip because um, in my real world I am a salary man, um, mm-hmm. and so I'm in uh, Boise, which is not where I'm from or normally am. Um, but we had an event that was at the Red Lion here, um, or I guess one of the red lines i think there are two um (laughs) and it uh it has seen better days and i my company's uh user group has an extremely um professional qualified event planner that helps us uh guide the user group and, and help arrange events she took one look at the place and immediately found us an alternative hotel to move to after the event was over uh, that's where I'm at now, where the internet is far superior, uh, and the amenities uh, are really nice. <laughs> uh, and so I'm living the kind of bougie corporate life while recording an anime podcast. Nice. Uh, I just want to say that um, what a world. Wait, what's the quote from the Pokemon guy? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, hold on, I'll, I'll think of it. Uh, Something like, tech, well, it ends in technology is amazing, 
but I can't remember the yep. first thing he says. He's like, something, something, something. <laughs> Technology sure is amazing. Uh, it's pretty wild to me that we can record a podcast. Um, like, I'm in Japan and you're in a seedy motel somewhere in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> so that's... this. In case anyone in Boise ever listens to this, I'm actually in a very nice hotel uh, that is perfectly in line with all the other hotels I've stayed in in other business travel. But we did don't stay at the Red Lion in Boise. Um, I mean, like, think about when we would go to, like, Red Lion Jansen Beach, like, for KomoriCon. Um, though this, this Red Lion is the same like literally i walked in and i was like oh i know this place like i know the carpet i know the wood paneling um in a total cliche for idaho uh there was a there's a carved wood mural on the wall and it depicts several several scenes involving potatoes which i wish i was making up but it's actually true i'm not i'm not poking fun of the state like there's actually artwork in that hotel that depicts the majestic potato did you uh have you did you explore downtown at all are you are you downtown i am downtown now um and i actually i it's a pretty cool city yeah patrick showed us speaking of uh long lost patrick uh who i'm sure will not listen to this patrick if you're listening to this <laughs> type uh type what's this what's the code word um type lolicon in the chat and uh <laughs> we'll know it's you <laughs> anyway uh there's a patrick gave us a tour once and there's this uh big mural uh down downtown that like uh i don't know it's like a cd cd not cd uh it's like Mm -hmm. a uh i don't know uh i don't know how to describe this area it's just like a an, an alley kind of that has this big wall where like graffiti is allowed and people paint these like extravagant murals uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Does this ring a bell? I haven't seen it, but hopefully, um, I so I took an Uber from the airport, and I started talking to the driver about um, flying in small planes, and he told me this really this story of when he was, um, I think he was like going from one city to the next that had two small airports, and somebody offered to fly him there in their plane, uh, in their like probably like three seat um prop propeller plane and somewhere like in the middle of the flight the engine stalled but no one freaked like the pilot and the pilot's daughter who was acting as co-pilot didn't freak out they're just like yeah whatever and they just kept going about their business waiting for the engine to start again um and so we got so wrapped up in that conversation that we pulled into the hotel and he's like oh my god i was gonna like point out everything in Boise because i told him it was my first time there Uh um and so I haven't, I've seen in driving to restaurants and like going, um, getting here today, I have seen like the downtown, downtown Boise, Boise, I've been corrected several times, Boise, um, is pretty cool. And, and I, there is a lot of art. Um, I'll, I'll send you a photo for the show notes. Um, I encountered a, a sculpture, some modern like metal sculpture work and, I read the plaque on it and I know that it is not an abstract sculpture of potatoes, but it's an abstract sculpture of potatoes. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll send that for the show notes. Nice. I will include that. Um, yeah. 
when I uh, went to Boyce, I was pretty happy with my time there, even though I will never move there. Uh, <laughs> it's not definitely a, a, not a place I want to live, but mm. it's it's good enough for people to live there. <laughs> yeah, it seems nice. Like I, you, the the interesting thing about um, starting to travel again post pan or. We'll just call these the latter day pandemic years. Post, um, uh, hmm. I, endemic, I'll, the endemic I'll, years. Well, I don't know. I want to like, I want to, I, I want to like emphasize and uh, really punctuate that like we're in the, the post game. <laughs> mm, <laughs> like yeah. it's over <laughs> and we live in this like time where it's like, well, the credits have rolled, but somehow the movie's not over <laughs> and like, it's just like a do whatever you want time now. Yeah. <laughs> so like. in that I'm starting to travel for work again. Um and like seeing cities like I was in Columbus, Ohio, um which was pretty cool. Um and there's a like I just had never, you know, you don't think about these things when you're a, a West Coast liberal elite, you you really rarely think about hey, I'm going to go to the Midwest. Um but it like cities in general are pretty okay like urban centers uh tend to be all right um it's when you start to then go outside of them that you get a little worried uh for safety and uh, you know quality of education quality of people well kenny as a as a white person you shouldn't have to worry or feel worried eh as long as you don't speak, always, no one's going to, yeah. you can pass, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they won't catch on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I've had um, decent seafood <laughs> while I've been here. Jesus, do you have a death I... wish? <laughs> You're like, here I am. Here I am reporting from the uh, the Motel 6 down by the, the strip mall. And, uh, well, I got some <laughs> gas station sushi and it was pretty okay. <laughs> like I found I, some unsavory characters with their Confederate flag in the back of their truck driving by. And, uh, I was. You know, we had we had a social event um, that was at a. Um, let's just call it a surf and turf place. But they had sushi on the menu, and uh -huh. I wasn't thinking. And I ordered like we were doing a bunch of like shared plates and whatnot. And so I just ordered like some California rolls, like some basic stuff that wasn't going to be too offensive to someone who's like you raw fish. Yeah. Um, and I sent a photo of it to Dana and Dana's like, why are you ordering sushi in a landlocked state? I'm like, Oh, I didn't really think about that. <laughs> um, I had some oysters tonight at a steakhouse, uh, What's wrong flown, with in, <laughs> flown in this morning from Washington. Um, so, okay. They, if you can pay for it, you can get quality stuff. It's just not from here. Um, I did have an Idaho baked potato, which was delicious. Um, they would, yeah. Yeah. They, that's what they claim. I don't think I had a potato once when I was in Idaho before. Oh, seriously? Yeah. But, I mean, oh, I, missed out. I also get my potatoes flown in from Idaho, so whatever. <laughs> Currently? <laughs> yeah. I'm it, when we were in Hawaii, um, you can't ex you can't bring agricultural products out with you. You can't like bring fruit or anything. But inside the airport, you can buy um, pineapple specifically made for export. And 
I'm just thinking like when I get through security at the uh, the Boise airport, I'm wondering if I'm just gonna be able to pick up a like a, a potato sack <laughs> and like take it home with me. I'm really I'm really hopeful that I can. Um, if I can't, I might make a pit stop before I get home just so I can pull off that that joke. <laughs> I mean, you should be able to because there's no customs between Boise and <laughs> Portland, and no one's gonna care. <laughs> yeah, it's a short flight. It's like an hour. It's like an hour fifteen uh, yeah. you know, up and down. Um, I could see coming back. Like in, in all seriousness, the city does actually seem really cool, and there's a, there is a lot of like public art. Um, something I really like about the hotel I'm in right now is um, there's actually a sign here in my room saying that all of the art in the hotel is by local artists, mm -hmm. and like it's all individual and unique. Um, it's pretty nice. That that is a cool thing that I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have known coming in that they were big on art projects and public art. But yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm sure they struggle with, you know, trying to like portray themselves as not potato farmers literally every single day. <laughs> so uh, I've set them back so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, yeah. So you're in Idaho. I'm here in Tokyo, the decidedly the opposite of uh, Boise or Boise, <laughs> as it's, I learned it's supposed to be called, and which I will now do forever uh but that's neither here nor there because the reason we've gathered today is to talk about the japanimation as it were Ooh, yeah uh well well actually we never actually introduced ourselves we just started talking about boise so oh, <laughs> uh welcome to annie bros i think i said that part but you can follow you did, us on and i stepped on you you can follow us on twitter at annie bros podcast you can follow me on twitter at Levenboth. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Andy Bros Creative. Um, do we have the at Andy Bros Podcast? Uh, no. Uh, well, that's it's a complicated story. Okay. <laughs> Where can they find uh, you specifically? Yeah. So this is Kenny, and you can find me at Twitter on Twitter at Sakoku underscore Otaku. Um, where I, I am trying to tweet more. Yeah, I mean, I always have the idea, like, I'm going to start tweeting, you know. People will, you know, get my brilliant opinions into their brain, <laughs> and they, you know, they'll be like, what a profound man that is. <laughs> but, you know, as soon as I start Modern thinking of something scholar. to tweet, yeah, exactly, as soon as I start thinking of something to tweet, or like, I'm just like, I'm just some schmuck, I don't need to be saying this, <laughs> and I delete it, and I never go back to it. I definitely, uh, I delete more tweets than I send. That's 100% yeah. true. And I think if you're not doing it that way, you're doing it wrong. I mean, the people who are doing that are succeeding in making me have the fear of missing out kind of syndrome. Being like, maybe I should be <laughs> speaking all the time too. But that's a, that's a fool's errand. Don't do that. You want to be one of those people? They don't even want to yeah, be those it, people. <laughs> it's once you're that, it gets very, very like... You got to keep it up. You got to keep keep that SEO juice running and get that engagement. You don't worry about algorithm. that. We yeah. do all we can to be as non-optimized as possible. That's why we have continued to foster our, our fan base of 200 and no more people <laughs> for these uh, like we, 10 years that we've been doing this. <laughs> I, I should remind you that we are supposed to check what the RSS subscription number is we at should. this and, point. 
it should be exactly the same. And because uh, I got suspicious about that, and I went in and I checked the, you know, under the hood, as it were. And mm. uh, FeedBurner apparently doesn't exist anymore. It's now just a proxy service <laughs> that just forwards to your regular feed. It doesn't actually be its own thing. So uh, the subscription number is is just static. It's not changing. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> well, that shoots my whole thing down. I mean, now I have no metrics. Um, I'm sure those old metrics weren't very accurate. So, so now uh, I guess I can figure out how to get metrics from our new feed or mm. pro- probably what I should be doing is like, ugh, which I don't want to do this because reasons, but Spotify is probably like the thing people should follow us on mm. because I can yeah. get easy metrics from that. And um, I mean, I don't listen to podcasts on Spotify, but you should. So I do. do it. That's like literally the only thing I use Spotify for. Um, because they definitely don't want you listening to music. <laughs> it's an absolute pain in the ass on Spotify to get through the podcast they're recommending. They're now doing audiobooks, which I was like, oh what? damn, my Spotify subscription is gonna give me access to audiobooks. No. You have to buy the audiobooks independent of your subscription, which I understand. But also, yeah, I'm like, it's Audible does. Yeah, why don't I just like? This is not. They need to like fork their app. They need the the music only, and then all the other shit. <laughs> like, just give me somewhere else to go if I want music. Um, yeah, but we we did this conversation already. <laughs> I want to get back back on the soapbox. We were we were we were so close to, to talking about anime, and then we you know didn't. So. What? That's how you know we're anime fans. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what have you been watching? Let's start off there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have watched two things okay. <laughs> since we last recorded. Um, and I'm going to start with the old one first. And it's, it's not actually the most recent thing that I watched. But uh, I saw a tweet from... Um, somebody that works in the anime industry in Japan and they were talking about the um that it was the release anniversary for Otaku no Video which came out um like in September uh 27th 1991 um it was the star that crossed the sky uh announcing Laven's birth um mm-hmm. and I was, I, I was gonna say something to that effect oh but... sorry <laughs> <laughs> go no, um, it's fine <laughs> And so I was like, I saw this tweet and I was like, I should watch this tonight. And then I, I followed through with that impulse, which is a, uh, a very rare thing for me. But, uh, after, after work, I, I, and after dinner and relaxation, I, I came into my room fully expecting to like tinker on my 3d printer or something, or I came into the office. Um, and then I was like, Oh, right. Oh, talking no video. And so I just turned it on. Um, and so I watched that and it was great. Um, holds up. Indeed, it does hold up. I saw your tweets, so I thought, you know, I can I can watch that. I am a seasoned anime watcher. It'll take me nice. all of you know, well, it'll take me the runtime to watch it, but yeah. <laughs> but but no but no more, okay? <laughs> like runtime plus one minute or something. So Yeah. <laughs> uh I sat there and powered through that. Uh I think like I don't know, within an hour or so of you starting it so mm-hmm. 
we watched it basically at the same time and yeah yeah, yeah it's very good i mean i already knew that it's really good <laughs> yeah so for the audience um and really really want to encourage everybody listening to watch otaku no video um it is uh, an ova that was released in 1991 um, it was made by studio gynax um you know the studio behind evangelion um wings of honigamise um you know everything <laughs> like mm-hmm. good stuff before they went the route of like embezzlement and tax evasion and all that fun stuff i mean well before they were it's the same people they were always like that they just didn't sure. get caught yet <laughs> that's what i um, think <laughs> having no evidence <laughs> and so it is um Otakuno video is a it's pretty much a mockumentary um it's very sincere but it you could put it in the category of like a uh, uh not not as absurd but like this is spinal tap um or um you know best in show where it's like it's telling it's taking some real events but it's kind of telling them in a in a little bit more absurd way um and it is it's really an autobiographical look at the foundation of Studio Gainax, um, which before it was a, a full-fledged anime studio, a lot of the folks that it turned it into, um, it was like a university club doing animation and sci-fi stuff, uh, and then a, a company that made um, like vinyl toys and uh, merchandise related to pop culture stuff like Godzilla and Kamen Rider and stuff like that. Uh, called general products mm-hmm. um and so the ova it's two 50-minute episodes um technically it's otaku no video and then more otaku no video the title of the episodes um or like i think it's called 1982 otaku no video uh even though it was released in 91 um it takes place in 1982 the first right, one does the beginning of it mm-hmm. um Directed by Takeshi Mori, written by Toshio Okada, um, two veteran Gainax staff. Um, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's just like, there are these cutaway scenes in it called Portrait of an Otaku. Uh, and there's live action interviews throughout that are, that are like expose style, um, hidden identity interviews with people who were or are otaku um spliced in between this kind of like narrative about a college student who discovers his inner otaku and really leans in (laughs) yeah um those are my favorite segments i think well the animation Mm -hmm. in the anime itself is really good but the portrait of of an otaku when i was when i first watched otaku no video i think i I don't remember how old I was. I think we were in middle school. Yeah. Maybe. Because I think I seem to remember watching it on two CDRs that, like, somebody burned mm-hmm. files on t- for me. Like Oh, two, definitely. Uh, like, on two discs. Uh, but, yeah, the I remember being a kid and watching the portrait of an otaku, and I, I didn't fully get it, but I thought it was really funny. I was like, look at these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. I get, I didn't fully get the parody. And then I remember rewatching Otaku no video, like when I was in college and I was like, Oh, I get it now. And it's still funny. Mm-hmm. And now I am watching it again. Like, Hmm, it's funny, but it's not as funny as I remember. It's mostly like, that's really sad. These guys' lives are very sad. And <laughs> like, I would say that no one, um, no one can make fun of otaku and like weebs and japanophiles better than ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so just some of the jokes that they make are so good. Um, one, I'll post a link. I have a tweet thread where I started taking screenshots of everything. And in the first portrait of an otaku, the they're interviewing this salary man who is talking about his his you know his life in university as an otaku um, and he's talking about like all the stuff he does or he did and he's like oh yeah we did research on manga and animation and this is very this is very common for club for like otaku clubs and colleges they'll call themselves like research groups which is just, just like a... oh we sit here and we read manga we're researching it it's like manga can just um, animation can make them seem make themselves more uh, like official yeah <laughs> and it's i mean you see it still today in like japanese departments or asian studies departments where it's like you got to really pour on pretty thick the like academic lingo and like justification we're like oh no i'm just watching anime and writing about it mm-hmm. um and so this guy is like talking is like oh yeah we did like we would like do re- quote unquote research on manga and animation and like competitive mahjong and i'm just like <laughs> oh damn i just got called out because like that's how that's how we that's what we do it at, at like the uh Kamori Con in portland is you know we'll do panels and then eventually we'll just like drift into the game hall and like we're just playing mahjong at that point <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh that's us yeah um, I, I i did like that subtle uh job which i mean <laughs> I think maybe it might go unnoticed or like maybe underappreciated by by many Americans, but I think they're mm-hmm. alluding to the fact that they just like fucked off and skipped class and went and played mahjong in a smoky den yeah. somewhere. <laughs> and that was that was their mahjong research. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, and like, there's another one um, where I was like, "This is me. This is literally like me." And they're talking to this guy who works at a, com- a software company and he just seems like a, you know, he's in a suit and tie, uh, straight lace, you know, salary man. Uh, and the interviewers start pulling out photos of him doing cosplay back in the day. And he's like, oh, dang, what are you doing? Uh, I'm still a normal human being, too. Um, like, it's like the shame of getting called out for being an anime fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did, <laughs> uh go on i was just gonna say like did anything new stand out to you when you watched it this time because like how when was the last time you watched it end to end i think like right when i'm like right after i got out of college and went to portland maybe like mm. around that time maybe 2013 14 i, mm-hmm. I want to say i is the last time mm. i watched it that feels uh, about right for me too yeah, no, I, I mean, the only thing that stand out is what I said before, where, like, the portrait of, of, of an otaku people, mm-hmm. um, I felt, like, more empathy than usual for them, mm, and I, yeah. which made me made me think, like, how old were the, were the staff members when they made this 
Okay. Oh, conceived dang, of that's this a show. Because if they were, you know, 25, it totally makes sense why they wouldn't have the like a, a good reference frame of being a 30-year-old. Yeah. Oh, uh, so Takeshi Mori was born in 63, which means that he was uh, in 91. That would be... He was 28. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, actually, that's okay. That's a little bit older than yeah. maybe I would have thought. So then, so then they're just like poking fun at it, but maybe like, the, yeah, they have, they have a little bit more malicious intent than I would have thought. A little bit. Right. Right. <laughs> um, the writer was born in 58. So that would have made him, um, even 33 yeah. writing a lot of those skits. Uh, so they were basically our age. Okay, so they were they were aiming for the the hard hit. Like, yeah, it's fucking yeah. sad, but get it because yeah. we're otaku. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's troubling. And and I think like, I mean, Miyazaki is famous. Hayao Miyazaki is famous for like his disdain of otaku. And like, I don't really think he says like, that. But we then know he, he's not. He's not talking about yeah, himself. but like we know the worst things about each other. Like it within, <laughs> it's within any um, like fandom or or niche interest. It's like we know we we're the best at understanding our how terrible we are, and also we have that inner group permission to make the harsher jokes that might not be as so immediately apparent to an outsider, or if an outsider made that joke we'd be like, Hey, don't talk about our friends like that. <laughs> but as like, as otaku, like the, you know, the team at Gainax doing this, it's like, they can go that hard because they lived it and they're telling their story. And they also deal with this like day in, day out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Uh, they are in the unique position to where they are otaku, of course. Yes. But they're also make, something they also are producers of animation which mm -hmm. is a little bit different because they're like hey you fuckers buy our thing <laughs> like yeah get it? we're all degenerates here us too but you more so <laughs> and so <laughs> we make things for you like let's yeah. all be otaku together <laughs> which I, mean, and... I it's an attitude that i like i think it's funny it's mm -hmm. like pretty tongue-in-cheek but also like i don't know it's good i like it yeah, and there's also like just such a genuine affection for um the material and like the the stuff they're talking about cuz the I'm pretty sure we have there's there has to be episodes in the archive talking about Gainax at length and I think we did an episode talking about like the No Tenki memoirs um the which is a a autobiography written by um one of the founding members of Gainax um which one? Pop Yasuhiro quiz. Yasuhiro Takeda. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it really, Otaku no Video, like, really tracks the history of Gainax. You have um, university students who are really into science, sci-fi, special effects movies, anime. They get together and they start producing, like, fanzines and... Um, they get to hold the annual Japan sci-fi convention, uh, which they hold in, in Osaka where they are and they call it Daikon. 
Um, they do an opening animation for it, which is really popular. And then they make students like student films. Uh, and then they start a company, general products, selling goods. And that's kind of the arc of Otaku no Video. Um, they take it a little farther because they like, they envision a world where, uh, garage kits, which are like a type of, um, small batch, like <laughs> statues and figures and whatnot. Um, they envision a world where that's like the pinnacle of pop culture consumption in Japan, uh, which is not wrong. <laughs> they were popular, but never to the extent of like leading economists writing newspaper articles. There were something I caught this time was there's so many like quick little flashes on the screen of like academic journals or economic papers being written about garage kits. Yeah. Um, where it's like, oh, this is, I never picked up before just how absurd this is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think, I don't think I've really had a change of heart or like noticed a lot of stuff that was super mm. different. But yeah, the, the main thing, the main takeaway was the, the portrait of a Daku segments. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't really, but then, okay. So uh, uh, along those lines, the first ones made me sad, uh, and be more empathetic, but then the, I didn't really, it didn't dawn on me that they like get progressively crazier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that they were just like kind of even across the board, like just random segments of otaku-ness, otaku dumb. Mm -hmm. But I think it's deliberately just like getting stupider and stupider as it goes on. That's the point. Yeah. Um, I did read that there was like some controversy with the the American otaku segment. Yeah. Where where uh, uh, apparently, allegedly, the person that that they interviewed didn't what either wasn't consulted or like there's no script, so he was like talking pretty sincerely about his like feelings because mm -hmm. they asked him some questions. And, uh, you know, he did his little interview, but they totally did a voiceover that doesn't match what he is talking about. Right. Which I really, I paused it and listened to what he said and like, you mm -hmm. know, tried to like filter out the English through the voiceover. <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't like fully wrong. It just mm -hmm. like, wasn't, it seems like they had him film something and then they just used his answers in an editorialized way where they like, okay, yeah. we need to make this fit our like mock question thing. Right. He didn't do that. So we need to like, you know, make it fit. Uh, but they yeah, do take what he said sure... and like rework it into like things that fit what he's talking about. Right. And um, so one of the portrait of otakus is with a foreigner who like came to Japan to, to like pursue their interest in manga and anime. Yeah, that's um, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's someone rather famous in the licensing world. Um, I can't. I meant to look it up, and I I just can't remember who it is. But yeah, you can you can definitely tell that the what they're saying he's saying is not what he's actually saying. But it is when you do like the beginning of that interview is way more like changed than the latter half. Like when they yeah. ask him the second or third question, that's more spot on. And yeah, it's totally like. <laughs> he is he gives some really sincere answers and he's like living in a, like a flop house um, yeah he it looks like he's a, he lives in like a hostel and he has all stuff yeah. like <laughs> on his bunk with him i'm just like what is he up to 
yeah it's it's pretty good um something that like i probably knew i probably knew just a like the second ep like part two more otaku no video is way more um exaggerated than the first half like the first half is pretty true to life um and then the second half is like hyper garage kit success uh then they lose the business they get tricked <laughs> by a banker the best character in the in the, the movie um literally yeah. named Bankman conda <laughs> um who i used as my twitter avatar for years until i i, I don't remember real... mm -hmm. I, I i don't remember why we attributed you to that that character i just don't remember i mean it's funny <laughs> but i don't it's remember really i don't remember why like I'm sure there has to be some like localized stupid reason that we came up with at the time where I'm like, you're just like the bank guy. But I don't remember <laughs> what that was or how it, how it went down. I will all. say that we look very similar. <laughs> we <laughs> wear our hair it. in a similar way. And um, I've definitely contemplated buying glasses that look exactly like his. Um, Once and you get middle-aged, you got to, you got to, you got to be like yeah. <laughs> I do have like um a some saved uh reference photos to do like a full cosplay. Um and what what I realized this time this is a really dumb thing, but he wears a green suit. Um which is something I never picked up on before. I just assumed it was like a gray suit. Um but and <laughs> so this is this is like case in point. The second half opens with um so the main characters which we never really explain their names there's kubo who at the start is like just a normal college student he's a tennis player um and then he runs into his old high school friend tanaka who's like a total otaku like suspenders <laughs> flannel shirt otaku um and you know tanaka pulls kubo into the world of uh, otakus and anime and manga and sci-fi um and in the second half tanaka shows uh kubo how to make garage kits and they start by like mixing resin and pouring it into a mold in like a, a not a well ventilated area and i'm just like this time watching it i'm thinking oh these guys are just hallucinating the rest of this movie <laughs> like they're huffing garage kit fumes and totally like out of it um, because it just things get so absurd like um in the beginning of the sh of uh, otaku no video kubo is dating um this woman and eventually he gets so obsessed with with anime that she leaves him uh and then in the second half she comes back and she's married to bankman <laughs> kanda <laughs> and like it's his like worst nightmare yeah, you know the girlfriend that left him for his the shame of him being an otaku is now married to the man who who steals his business. Uh, it's just absurd stuff like that. That's what makes uh, it great. That's the best part. It's yeah. like it's just like the embodiment of like every otaku's like what they believe should be the just <laughs> thing that happens to their life. You know, like the, it's just the embodiment of like, and then everyone clapped and I was vindicated. Like that's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what they want. And that's what <laughs> everyone wants, I think. So, you know, why not make a story about that? It's like, what if we talked yeah. about had, had their day? It'd be like this. And then that's the show. 
<laughs> and it does like um so we won't talk too much about it but um in our last episode i i pitched why you should um read matt alt's um pure invention and he has the there's the chapter in there about um yoshiki tomino's um it's like his like otaku new anime generation or, yeah the new anime century yeah um speech and like that is the otaku land thing like i realized that the um so this is kind of spoilers for otaku no video but one of the penultimate scenes is the opening of the this big theme park for otaku um and kubo addresses the audience and gives this like impassioned statement of like hey we did it we're otaku king um ota king um and it totally made me think of this event um where um ahead of the release of the uh the first mobile suit gundam movies tomino who's the creator and director of gundam um gives like this impassioned speech to a massive crowd of otaku um that is this like big seminal event and i was just like holy crap that's what they're parodying here um and i've n I never caught that before and that was really cool <laughs> i think we don't need to um uh give any spoiler warnings for otaku no video if you haven't seen it by now <laughs> Uh, people should watch it. I don't know. Maybe there's a kid it. out there that stumbled, stumbled across this podcast and has a no adult supervision and they uh, need to watch or talk in a video. All it takes is one. Um, well, if, if you're one of those kids, I would say go down, go on down to your local laser disc, uh, retailer and pick up a copy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which it is available. Um, there's a Blu-ray edition, which you have, I believe, right? I do. I it's unopened still. I die. Yeah. <laughs> um I I watched it free on Plex. Um <laughs> which was mean? weird. Um Wait, What do you mean? I would encourage people to watch it. Like I don't I thought I owned a copy, but I don't. Um and then I would assume like a Takamino video must be on one of the anime streaming sites. It's not. Um it might be on Retro Crush. I never I didn't check it. I don't have a Retro Crush account. Um, but I Googled it. I was like, where can I stream this? And I could stream it on Plex, which I use for my own, um, home, you know, media, but they also have added their own like free streaming stuff that there was commercials like every 15 or 20 minutes, whatever, which was fine. It didn't matter. I just kind of hit mute. Um, but it was That's definitely, it was definitely a, a fan sub version of Otakuno video. Really? Um, well, yeah, because it had like translator notes. Why um, do they have like, and, and they're making money from this, like from ads, which I, on the original OVA just was a video, so you don't need. Ads. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't originally intended to be watched with ads. Kenny, you just, ah, I, I terrible. I just How wanted terrible. to watch it, and I was just like went to the the place I could. Why would you um, just just steal it at that point? Like, <laughs> like you're yeah, giving I, money. You're actually giving money to the bad people instead of just I being net neutral. <laughs> Meh. Uh, Plex, uh, Plex is getting kind of bad. I Plex is the bad people. Straight Cody. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's 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 fine. I hope I'm gonna cut this part out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My capitalist rant. 
that's that's one thing i'll say is the one that the, the worst part about otaku no video is that they become capitalists so it's an ultimate failing but otherwise it's, it's a good movie if that's what it takes if it takes becoming a capitalist to be able to blast off in the otaku well, ship at the end of the movie then yeah and i think i'm with you there and there's this like moment where they've lost everything and like Tanaka's like living on the street and Kubo is just like gets shipped out to work at some like branch office. Um, and they're like, you know what we should do? Let's just make an anime. Like, let's just do this because we want to. And I'm like, that's so pure and innocent. And then they like turn into like a major animation studio <laughs> yeah. and movie studio. And I'm just let's like, oh, so it. close. Yeah. And then yeah. they buy their old company back and, um, yeah, I think that there, there's like an interesting, um, self-awareness in Otaku no Video that I hadn't picked up in the past and they're not like unaware of their faults or at <laughs> least the faults in the history of Gainax because Gainax was very money focused. Um, and they were very much like we got to make profit on this. We got to monetize our hobby. Um, and <laughs> that was their, I don't undoing. think it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it is their undoing like at least once in the course of a talking to video. <laughs> well, we don't even know what happens twice. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Otaku land gets flooded by seawater. So, uh, something, so tragedy strikes twice. We just don't get to see it the second time. I can only assume second impact. <laughs> <laughs> so once the angels are gone, <laughs> we can get out of there. We can go back to Otaku Land. Um, yeah. So well, so it's a great, it's a great show. I highly recommend it. I'm sure. Um, yeah. It'll be one of my favorites from now until I am no more. Um, mm -hmm. It's the founding basis on this podcast at least for me yeah like I, <laughs> I literally i tweeted out um there's a uh the climactic scene in the last episode or the first half is um kubo and tanaka declaring that they're gonna both become um ota king like the 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 most intense otaku and i just said that it was the statement that launched a thousand podcasts <laughs> yeah uh i've i've been modeling my life ever since <laughs> and so i mean i'm in japan right now so it's <laughs> it's not for not absolutely i think that um were you ever to be in oregon for another komori con uh we gotta we gotta do kubo and tanaka like there's yeah. no excuse at this point uh, they have some pretty distinct outfits that we could do um yeah. I would gladly be Tanaka and get some suspenders. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, I'll start looking for land so we can start building Annie Bro's <laughs> land. And uh, hey, I'm going to make it away from a major uh, bay so that way it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll still be there. But I don't know. I kind of want it to be underwater. That way someday we can blast off into, this, into the, stuff the cosmos. <laughs> Uh, good times. Uh, well, that was like a detour, though, because like 
The point yeah. of this episode wasn't originally supposed to be talking about Otaku no Video. It's supposed to be talking nope. about one of the best shows that I've seen <laughs> in quite a while, uh, which I have this hang up in my mind. Like if something is, if some anime is based on like some property that's not literature or mm-hmm. manga already, it's just going to be shit. That's mm, what I, I mm. don't know why I think this, but like it, I, it probably boils back down to like NES era movie tie-in games. Like a movie tie-in game oh, is going to yeah. be garbage. I don't want to play that. I don't care about it. It's just like being made to turn a buck. And so when I think about like franchises that want to be like this multimedia experience, mm-hmm. you know, I, it immediately reminds me of like these, like, I don't know, idle things where it's like, oh, we have a game and a movie and a anime and uh i don't know drama cd and all this like mm-hmm. nonsense you have to buy that's what it reminds me of so when I, when i when cyberpunk edge runner like was announced i was like mm-hmm. it's just gonna be <laughs> some dumb like we're making a stupid anime to promote our game it's obviously not gonna be that good of an anime i know trigger's doing it but how good could it be that was like my yeah. straight up attitude and, 100%. and also i'm a very stubborn person who uh, it's not, it's not easy to change my mind about something once I mm-hmm. like have it how I think it's going to be. And even so, even so, uh, it did change my mind and it was very, very good. Like, like exceptionally so. And I'm like, Ugh, I should have, should have, <laughs> I should have known that trigger makes good things. I should have just yep. trusted them, <laughs> but I didn't. And it was absolutely. <laughs> it's, big of you to admit that um i 100 percent forgot that they were making this because um so yeah we're gonna we're gonna dive into cyberpunk edge runner um which is an anime based on um cd project red cyberpunk 2077 world um which was created by someone else uh, it's a classic tabletop rpg um but yeah i i totally forgot that it was being made because cyberpunk 2077 absolutely crashed on delivery like (laughs) just was not ready to be released um i i'm actually not a big fan of cd project red they're a pretty anti-union video game developer um and kind of a little slightly notorious for some crunch culture um and while they're kind of a darling for like making the witcher series um like they just really and not the developers definitely it's it's almost never going to be the developers fault in these situations but the executives really oversold underdelivered uh and then blamed all the hard workers that tried their best to deliver something on a timetable that wouldn't work and so i like immediately forgot about everything related to it i was just like yeah whatever cool uh yet another example of the video game industry just totally failing us and i'm just like it's gonna walk away um but you you told me you're like this is one of the best things i've seen in a long time and i was just like Okay, you don't really get excited that often about new anime. Um, I know. And you should so take I'm it like, seriously. If I yeah, if I, I was like, <laughs> I watched it in like three or four days. I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this. We're gonna talk about it. 
um it is really good (laughs) so that's like uh, it's a wrap it's a good anime um i'm not i'm not gonna say it's like groundbreaking or anything but yeah it just like does everything it's trying to do very well in my opinion so yes i'm gonna give you i i told you i was like i have a take and i think you're really gonna appreciate it but i want to give some background on the show okay um go ahead so cyberpunk edge runner if you're i think it's netflix everywhere um and it's a 10 episode series so it's a little it's shorter than a normal season of anime um but it uses it well it's done by trigger um i i like I like a company just giving Trigger a bunch of money to make an anime. Like, you get Netflix on board, you get another company, you get, like, somebody who has a just a kernel of an idea. Hire Trigger. Have them be your, your anime hit squad. It's pretty, like, wild to me that they can hit a home run literally every time. Yeah. I don't... Well, not every time, but we especially don't want to rehash like, well, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you said it before I could say it. I was going to say, especially yeah. the number one anime darling in the franks which <laughs> i still think wasn't bad okay maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't a home run okay i'll, I'll admit that but it's not like it, i didn't think it failed i thought it was pretty good <laughs> so um it's fine it has some mm-hmm. ideas um <laughs> it had some ideas <laughs> and edge runner is it's not like so darling in the franks um and this isn't like some official designation but this is ten, how i tend to think of it it was Trigger's B team. Um, and occasionally they will have a show at Trigger that is like done by um, not the like Kill the Kill team or not the um, Promare team. Like they have, they're, they're actually pretty good at like giving a different set of talented people the opportunity to run a show and do it. Um, no, this one is helmed by Imaishi, uh, Hiroyuki Imaishi, like Trigger's a director like directed promare kill the kill um has an amazing pedigree uh and so he's at the helm of this show um which already sets a very high standard yes indeed the, uh that's how you know it's gonna be a yeah. good one um and you know you had key animation he did imaishi himself does some key animation you can definitely tell at certain points you have like Yo Yoshinari doing more other stuff. Like um, the creative director was Hiromi Wakabayashi, uh, who is a frequent guest at KomoriCon. We've actually interviewed them um, together about Promare. Um, had a lot of great experience with that. Uh, and so it was like, it's a, and the interesting thing about Edge Runner is it, it's a mix of the A and the B team. Like they're, you know, it's post Promare for Trigger post their big movie um and so they're like getting back into the groove of uh anime like doing an anime series um and so it's like shuffling the deck a little um but it's it's very good so yeah now do we want to talk story before i give my my take like the narrative (laughs) the narrative okay sure the i mean the narrative is pretty pretty basic <laughs> it's not it's not like a pretty it's not a very complicated story it's pretty easy yeah. this kid he you know grows up in a shitty situation it's a post-capitalist cyberpunk world 
he instead of because of his circumstances he instead of like being able to get into this like top university or you know that's not university this top Mm -hmm. school in the cyberpunk world he instead decides to become uh essentially like a street outlaw (laughs) Mm -hmm. where they like go around it's okay it's basically like grand theft auto but in cyberpunk times is essentially it you go around doing jobs for for people which involve breaking into a place and stealing stuff and but you have like a crack team like oceans 11 style where there's like the hacker and Mm -hmm. the muscle and the the engineer and all this kind of stuff so i mean that's the game how the game works and so in this anime it's kind of taking place in this world same you know setting as the game uh, about this kid who just he starts off as a rookie and then he slowly builds himself up into uh you know quote-unquote a total badass Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the cost of what exactly that's what you learn over the course of the show mm-hmm. and so that's it i mean that's really the story yeah. you just watch this guy like progress through the ranks of being an underworld kind of cyberpunk guy and mm-hmm. um you know it kind of comes to a to a and to an end yeah <laughs> it's very it's very much the cliche of like the the destination is less important than the journey. Like the story beats, you kind of know what's going to happen because the main character, (laughs) David Martinez, um, just has like a, just having a a shit time. Um, school hates him. Classmates hate him. His mom dies in a car wreck. Uh, he's deeply in debt. Um, and like everything is super expensive. If you're not hyper wealthy, you're kind of screwed in this society. Um, it's very much the like dark cyberpunk future, um, less like, well, it's the world we live in I, now, but dialed up to 11. Yeah, absolutely. The technology is better. <laughs> um, but like how the story unfolds and the intensity and kind of sincerity that the show gives what's going on i think is what's really impressive about it um okay i'm gonna give you my take and i I really want you to like think about what i'm what i'm saying here i'm ready um edge runner is like this is what anime felt like when we were kids it is like it's like mainlining the idea of what made what attracted us to anime (laughs) um Uh and it's just like what i i told some friends um i told them this because i didn't want to like spoil it for you but i told them i was like if you want to know what it felt like to be a kid in the 90s and the early 2000s seeing the small window into anime we had back then watch edge runner like that's what like it is a hyper violent show it's science fiction with really cool technology there's a bunch of like characters who you you honestly spend not a lot of time with with them um you know they're very like here for an episode and then gone um but they have like fleshed out backgrounds and you feel like you should know more, like you should be connected into something more. And so there's this like mystery that draws you in. Um, 
there's nudity. <laughs> like, there's a lot of nudity. We, that can be a different topic to talk about. But it's like, it's a very adult, mature show. It's hyper-violent. There's like the context of the world because it's based on the cyberpunk world and specifically like the setting of it within cyberpunk 2077 like there's all these things that make it feel like what it was like sitting down and watching some random episode of gundam wing or picking up um like uh like blue gender or something on late night uh, adult swim like it just made like watching it made me feel I'm like this is what I remember as a kid anime feeling like. Yeah. I mean, I thought you were going to give me a hot take and not an oh. obvious take. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh yeah, no, spot on, spot on. I I agree. I think I I felt like that as well. I was like, yeah, this is like what anime. This is like watching like Ninja Scroll. Or like yeah, cyber, exactly. Cy, like Cyber City Oedo or something. I'm like, yes, hell yeah, they did it right. As soon as I started watching it, I'm like, this is what I've been missing. Like, this is what I want. Some like <laughs> something like this. Um, yes, I I totally agree. And I I did some thinking about this on my own, which now I can say because it totally ties into what you've just said. Um, yeah, I wonder. Well, the part. So, something I'm happy about this Cyberpunk 2077 is since I don't know if the audience knows this or not, but the original, so the game is based on a world that was invented <laughs> as a tabletop game in the actual 80s. So the cyberpunkness, you know, that 80s cyberpunk mm -hmm. that we all know and love, is like that lives and breathes in this world. So. I was wondering how faithful this anime is going to be to that sort of like gritty eighties mm, cyberpunk mm -hmm. aesthetic and, or if it's going to be slick and not really give me that feel and boy yeah. did it do the, the job. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Like this. I mean, it even has CG and I was like, don't care. It's great. I love this. And something they, I guess probably it's easier to do than with traditional animation is the use of colors, which I really loved. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It looked pretty much visually stunning the entire time, which, you know, trigger. So obviously I would be disappointed if it didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just gave me everything. It has, it turns every sensory experience of it up to 11. You're like, the music yeah. is fantastic. The visuals are fantastic. The pacing and story it just like really draws you in and you know, you're really interested in the story. Um, I can't say enough good things about this show. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with you. And like, this is such a show for us, like in particular, <laughs> I um, I can appreciate, I can appreciate people if they're not like trigger fans or if they're just not like, Ninja Scrolls is like a particular thing that you probably some people might definitely not like for genuine reasons, but I'm I'm totally on board with you. Like watching it, um just so good and like it's so well realized and lived in. Um 
because Trigger, they could have phoned it home. Like, they, you know, they could have taken the money and just, like, made something. But they go, they clearly love all the characters that they created for this. They're having a good time making it. They're, like, enjoying the process of being, like, hey, this is, we kind of, I think with the freedom that Netflix afforded them, they could kind of push the envelope of what they wouldn't necessarily normally be able to get away with if they had to like get the show on Japanese TV. Well, um, yeah, sure. Uh, I was going to say that as well. They bec- mm-hmm. Netflix, in my mind, kind of acts as a modern day uh, OVA mm-hmm. medium, <laughs> so to speak. Like this could only exist as an OVA. This would never be able to be on TV. And they really captured that uh, that essence. Like it's basically a love letter to like early '90s, late '80s OVAs. <laughs> Essentially, is how is is what I thought. That's a beautiful way to put it. Because I I do like a trigger is what I would definitely consider a postmodern anime studio. Their mm-hmm. work very frequently is in conversation with anime in general like they the stuff they make is very much informed and interacts with everything that came before it um we were talking before we started recording about how like everybody at trigger you can kind of just look at their past history and their past work history and it's like oh yeah they did key animation on on eva or they were an episode director on Gundam or like all of these things where they've been in the industry for a while they and they're also it's like this mix of Imaishi kind of level industry veterans and also newer folks that came in at maybe the tail end of that um, because they were anime fans not because they had to work in animation but because they were like drawn in and they they themselves were otaku and they were drawn into the industry and so a lot of their stuff is self-referential and like in like deeply informed by other anime. Um, and so I completely agree with you. I think I think you're absolutely right. Like they are totally the with the freedom that they have with doing like a Netflix show. They're just like yeah, and I completely agree. This is like let's make an OVA. Um, and actually. Anime News Network calls it an ONA, which I think is uh, only net animation or something like that. It's like the it's original, the streaming equivalent. Original, original, net yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I just blanked on the whole concept of ONA. I mean, I knew that. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I was like, yes, I'm being so profound right now. Oh wait, no. <laughs> this phrase has already been coined. People have already thought of this. Okay, sorry. Uh, but yeah, just beautiful. Uh, what a yeah. good thing. I <laughs> hope that maybe some other people or studio uh, decide that this would maybe be a trend to pursue. Because in general, mm-hmm. I really enjoy cyberpunk as a as a genre, and it basically gets no love and attention <laughs> yeah. most of the time. Or sci-fi, yeah, even, I- like. So. Yeah, we've had we've definitely had this discussion about like the science fiction we get is very like soft sci-fi at this point where it's like time travel but the mechanics of it don't really matter um or um 
Or there's some new Gundam coming. Yeah. Like, I'm excited for that. It's always, there's always some like bullshit that taints it though, in my opinion. There's always mm. like, this premise <laughs> seems cool. Oh, but I guess like there has to be a freaking vampire esper who does something in the show for some reason. <laughs> it's always like something like that. But when I'm reading like the anime charts, I'm always like, oh, this could be good. Oh, no, it's a, some kind of mystical, <laughs> magical thing happens. So I don't, I don't want that. I just want like Votoms. I want there to be like a gritty war story with like future tech that only could have been imagined in the 80s. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what I, that's what i want yeah, yeah it it's never gonna come again but this game this game close so i it was really yes. fun it was like watching outlaw star or something like yeah 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 it's <laughs> and i just and i think it like people would be able to like synthetically get the feeling that we're talking about if they had if they if they themselves weren't like deep into anime in the late 90s early 2000s like they can simulate and get that feeling in like a little artificial way for us i think it triggers a lot of deep memories and and like the type of affection where it's like why does eating this box of macaroni and cheese make me feel so good <laughs> oh it's because it reminds me of my childhood yeah. um but i w- i do wish there were other things that could trigger that as well I think that's just the, the human condition. We mm-hmm. that, that happens <laughs> like less and less, and <laughs> we just have to <laughs> take what we can get. And yeah, my my one solace that I I still have hope for is that people of our age are now becoming uh, like professional people, and mm-hmm. so they can affect change in a way mm-hmm. that maybe. You know, like, uh, you know, how boomers get, like, a renaissance of all boomery stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, let's say that, you know, there's, like, an Elvis boom in the 1990s, for example. Yeah. What I want to see is when our generation comes of age to be able to, like, make industry-sweeping changes, uh, we see this, like, renaissance of cyberpunk 80s things that uh, we want, but the kids these days don't care about. Yeah, I completely agree. And we're starting, it's starting to shift. We're seeing a lot of stuff set or more and more stuff set in like late 80s and 90s. Um, And I'm totally with you because Dana and I talk about how much we want 90s fashion to come back because it's just so much more comfortable. (laughs) Like if you look at Seinfeld, it's just like, oh, can we just wear baggy clothes again? You can, but you have to find them. And that's uh, a thrift store or it doesn't exist. Um, so yeah, good show. Yeah. There's not really a lot to like evaluate about it. Like on a, (laughs) uh, like a, (laughs) I don't know, story wise. Yeah. I mean, the animation's solid. I, I think as it's like a really good character driven show. Um, did you have a favorite character watching it? Mm, It's tough. Mm. Um, I liked... I, I kind of liked everybody. Everybody yeah. is well written. So I mm-hmm. I was like I like the the main girl. Yeah, she has Lucy. cool character design, Lucy. And, you know, she's cool and you're supposed to like her cuz she's engineered for me to like her. <laughs> but uh she was cool. Um I like the interactions between 
oh man i forget everybody's character name <laughs> sorry um no all good um so like i was a big fan of the crew like the initial crew leader main that's what i'm gonna say. yeah um, i was gonna say i like yeah. the interaction between main and the the girl adorio <laughs> dorio yeah that's so that's what i was gonna say i my favorite characters were main and dorio um who are like main they're both just like big muscular people um <laughs> yeah. main's the leader and like dorio is like one of the just the muscle in the gang um and like the thing that i really appreciate about the show is that every character gets um whether they are in the the show the entire time or they meet a quick end like they still get some authentic appreciation for like who they are and like it's it's treated in a very respectful way they're not just kind of like cannon fodder um mm -hmm. every character and the show's super violent don't get attached to anyone but you still they like even if they have like a, even if they die by the end of the series um they're still you're gonna have like these great moments with them um and so yeah i think that the show's fantastic um and just all it's just a whole bunch of good characters i like david the main character a lot um he he doesn't we were talking about this with f uh in the last episode where mm -hmm. it's like sometimes characters just do dumb things and like you just you're like just shouting at the screen like hey be better <laughs> and so like sometimes david is just like damn it kid like listen to these people the, what they're telling you like they're trying to help you get out of your own way um i think it's an, it's really frustrating for the viewer in this in these kind of situations but i think that's like the the sign of a really well-written show because it's mm -hmm. self-aware to the point where you're like yeah this kid sucks but like imagine if your son is trying to do something and you're like no i know better but he wants to do it anyway it's it's just like the feeling probably same feeling that a lot of people have when they're trying to mm -hmm. give someone advice and they don't listen and that's that's the that's what they're trying to convey to the the viewer absolutely yeah. which is good because uh, it makes you feel something <laughs> for the characters and yeah i just i really loved it i'm, yeah. I'm so sad it's only 10 episodes i that's know and like not enough not enough at all but in the same time it's like can be longer it's perfect it's perfect story. it's yeah it is the per <laughs> this, the way they deliver it and like the the ending is is so bittersweet mm -hmm. that like it's just the like just a quintessential anime ending <laughs> but they commit like without any deus ex machina like absolution or you know it, suddenly you get to ignore all the consequences of all the action that came before it like trigger goes hard in the show and they don't <laughs> let the characters off the hook yeah um it's really I, I really like it and what i should say is like um it was written by masahiko otsuka and um yoshiki usa for trigger it is based on the story that was written by um bartos um stabor and <laughs> rafal jockey from cd project red and so they gave like kind of the outline 
but then trigger you know wrote it um and kind of fleshed everything out added a character that apparently cd project red was like hey can we cut this person and they're like triggers like hey no trust us you want this character in the show uh and then it's rebecca who is like the internet's favorite character in cyberpunk um so <laughs> they have to have i want to know who who at trigger has to make that character because she's in every <laughs> single trigger show like some little girl that looks like that she's not um, okay so this is this is interesting and i haven't we both watched this in japanese right yeah okay so there's this character rebecca and we both watched um cyberpunk in japanese and so in hearing her i never assumed that she was any younger than anyone else in the crew like i was just like i hate to to break this to the internet but women can be short <laughs> like this happens um and i like she sounds like an adult in japanese i haven't reached that point in a rewatch watching the english dub because actually the english dub is really good um but there is this discussion online about like why did trigger have to shoehorn in this like lolly character and i'm just like at what point does this character ever established as being like oh, I'm just, like, some girl, like, some young girl. It's, like, I just think she's just some, like, like, short trash goblin. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> just, like, hyper. Like, a, what? I don't get why people... I need to, like... Well, I don't really want to because I just don't want to know the answer, but, like, I don't know what's driving that conversation. Oh, interesting, because when I first saw this character, <laughs> I was like, oh, mm. trigger at it again. Always adding this, like type of character i don't know i lolly is too is not the word i would have used it's just like mm -hmm. this this like <laughs> i don't know how else to explain it's like a character that is like a failed idol <laughs> kind of type mm -hmm. like she's not a, well, a little like... kid but like a a little person who is into really like kawaii kind of stuff mm -hmm. and has that kind of aesthetic and so I'm just like, okay, I guess they have to be this someone, someone in trigger likes this character design type and they, I don't know. It always seems to exist. Yeah. And I think it is, I think it's, uh, I need to check who the voice actor is cause, or the voice actress is Cause I know that there is, um, they work as a voice actress a lot that kind of always fits that mold. Um, and so it could be one of those things. But yeah, I mean, she's a great character. I, it feels really cliche to say like Rebecca is my favorite character. Um, she's a great like side character. I think she is. She's not the least. Well, she might be the least fleshed out in terms of like character depth. But I, you actually do get some really interesting glimpses into her and like her unrequited love for David and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just I need to get to like the. I feel like a lot of most people probably watch this in English, and so. I need to get to that point and figure out like maybe she sounds like a child because um, she doesn't in Japanese at least to me she does not sound young. Well, everybody, everybody sounds young in, in anime. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very true. That's literally their job. Usually, say you were like sixty years old reprising the roles of Amuro, <laughs> trying to sound young. Yeah, <laughs> his name of the game or like uh pikachu and stuff like yeah. that 
so yeah, I like Rebecca. I liked all the characters. There's really no character where I'm like, wow, what an annoying character. I'm just, and if mm. they were annoying to me, it was literally, you could tell it's by design. They're supposed to be annoying. Uh, like, uh, yeah. like Rebecca's brother, for example. <laughs> I'm just like, he sucks, yeah. but he's, so never remember his he's name, supposed to but... suck. Like, that's the point of his, yeah. his character. Yeah, and I like the, like, a non-insignificant amount of time passes in the show. Um, and so you see some characters grow a little or definitely change because it's a nice thing about cybernetics. Um so there's that that cool thing where it's not like it's not like a flash in the pan thing where it's like this these events unfold over like 48 hours. It's uh there's some you get to dig in with these characters. Yeah. Which is good cuz it lends itself to being a like believable mm-hmm. pa- like uh you can feel for the characters because in your mind you know how long they've actually been like comrades over this time and yeah uh, it's not just like exactly this this kid meets these people and then it's tragic when they're separated like well in real life that wouldn't be so much the case <laughs> but you're supposed to you know it, it has it just has good yeah i guess we're, that's all world building under the definition right. of world building <laughs> and that really good yeah really good world building is how this is a way you could talk about the show yep um i wonder i still i i still wonder if I actually want a sequel or mm. I don't. I mean, I do want to watch more, yeah. but what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I think if they make a sequel, it better just be another original uh, story set in the same universe and just leave these characters alone now. That's what I hope. Yeah, I agree. I think like... um Something I picked up on, I've never played Cyberpunk 2077, but I did end up watching some reviews and trailers for it. Um, And there are characters in that game that make cameo appearances in the anime. Um, There's like a scene in a bar and the person who like winks at David walking in is a character in the game. Um, And so like, I wouldn't mind like, you see like someone walk in the background or like there's like a minor interaction um, or something like that. But I I agree with you. I think that if they, if they ever came back to this and did more, then they should definitely like just leave, leave the story where it was um, and do something new um, in the world for sure. Yep. Uh, Well, what a good show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's all I can really say about it. It's not really a show you can analyze like Ava and be like, what did he mean? It's, you, you yeah. know what they mean. It's not, no, there's nothing to analyze. Just watch it. It's a visual spectacle. Absolutely. It's very, it's very yeah. comfort foody, comfort viewing for people of our age, I think. <laughs> it, that's a weird way to describe it because of how violent it is. But yes, it is one of those things where it's just like, you can just kind of just put this on and, and have a really good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can binge it. You can watch it slowly. Like, I ended up watching like two episodes at a time. And I, I honestly, isn't that how you watched it too? We watched it in t- two or three sittings. Yeah. So, mm, yeah. So out of 10 episodes, yeah, it was like through two or three episodes on average each sitting. Yeah. 
maybe four episodes per sitting. I, I don't know. But mm-hmm. the point is, you can do it. You can watch it. It's it's great. It's Andy bro stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Have you watched anything else? Or is that it? Is all you want to say about this? Uh, show? uh yeah. I I like Cyberpunk Edge Runner a lot. Um, I don't think I'm gonna play the game. <laughs> it, like, is that just because you don't want to get I, into it, or you think the game is bad? I don't. Okay, what I what I should say is, um, as the owner of a Steam Deck, Cyberpunk 2077, it runs surprisingly well on the deck, according to multiple reviewers. Um, and so it's on my Steam wish list. And were it to ever drop below like 20 bucks, I might pick it up um, because it has been patched <laughs> to, to hell and back to fix how bad it was at launch. Um, and I watched some review, some reviewers talk about the game in the context of, of like now of like 2022. Um, and it sounds like while it's maybe not the most like inventive video game, the story is really strong. And so that's like, that's compelling to me to try. Um, but right now I'm, I'm trying to focus on finishing Titanfall 2. Um, and then continuing to work my way through Death Stranding, the director's cut. Um, so I, I don't want to play it right now. I, I was extremely tempted. And Edge Runner has driven like an insane repopularity in that in Cyberpunk 2077. I, know, I saw the, um, like the graph of user base yeah. growth. And it's yeah. just like, it's, it's so, it's like wild. It's obvious what triggered it. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of trigger, <laughs> trigger literally triggered it. Uh, so that's great. I mean, they, they accomplished their goal of marketing what they set out to do. I I bought the game right when it came out, yeah. and then right. I never had time to. I didn't have time to start playing it right away. But I'm like, I'm gonna buy this, and then I'll install it later. And then all the reviews were like, it's trash, it's garbage, don't play it. So I never played it. But <laughs> everyone says all those things are like basically fixed these days it's like pretty playable so yeah I'm like oh maybe i should start playing it yeah it's just it's like i have a hard enough time like i really want to get through death stranding um and i love it it's like one of my favorite video games probably in the last 10 years but like also just kind of triple a games like <laughs> there's like an investment in time yeah. that i'm just like i would rather be I'd rather be watching anime right now. Um, That's why. And so I'm. You should play. I'm like Pol- hesitant. Police nuts. Yes, I, I'm working. You want to watch anime and um, experience a cyberpunk adventure? <laughs> That's police nuts. It's even it's voice acted. Even it's great. It's the best. Mm-hmm. You'll love it. Yeah, and for the audience, police nuts is a early Hideo Kojima game. Uh, originally for like the PC 98 system, um, more commonly played on the Sega Saturn. Uh, it was Japan only, but uh, a, a group did a patch. Yeah, it came out for PlayStation as well as Sega Saturn. The PlayStation one was the original mm-hmm. English patch version. So that's the one you'll find oh, gotcha. most readily. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's it for that. Did you Have you done anything else interesting? 
uh, since last time we spoke, um, which was not long ago. <laughs> it was not that long ago. So it's there's less to talk about. Um, I'm trying to think. It's just been, it's been work travel. Uh-huh. Um, I finished a book, but it, it's totally unrelated to stuff we ever talked about. So, um, yeah, I, I've been playing. I just I have been finding some time to play some video games. Um, try out some emulation and get some stuff running. I, I want to start playing like. I joked last time. I was like, why am I not emulating Front Mission all the time? Um, and so that's one of the things I'm working on right now. Um, but otherwise, no, it's just kind of like Cyberpunk was my was my anime. And then I fit in Otaku no video. Um, and it's kind of that's what I've been up to. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's a reasonable amount of things to do in the couple of yeah. weeks since we talked. I <laughs> was able to fit in a rewatch of Trigun. Whoa. I hadn't watched that since I was a kid. Well, I can't remember if I watched it. So Jack watched it in a previous Annie Bros episode. I can, if I can mm-hmm. find it in the archives, I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember if I rewatched it with him at that time or I didn't and just listened to him talk about it. I can't remember. So uh, one of those two things happened. So I haven't watched it in a while. And it's still holds up i think it's great nice i watched it in japanese for the first time uh oh okay i'm like oh this is much better without these stupid american voices (laughs) (laughs) the gags make a lot more sense and aren't like so cringy early 2000s anime jokes Mm -hmm. you know so that was cool uh i always loved the story of dragon i think it's an interesting take on yeah on, on like sci-fi and i love the reveal that you don't think you don't know that it's sci-fi until the midway point or like the end mm-hmm. almost the mm-hmm. end point <laughs> you're like oh they're i'm crashed ship of of <laughs> of uh you know people trying to escape earth <laughs> i see <laughs> sentient plants you say i'm okay <laughs> yeah i'm super like kind of pumped to watch it because as you uh rightfully make fun of me for frequently um i did not have a good opinion of tricon um growing well, while we were growing up and so i'm excited when i heard that you were rewatching. i was like i'll do that um so i am excited to to make my way through it as well you should uh it's it's way better than than it like seems like it's going to be it does seem like it's going to be mm-hmm. boring from the beginning it's pretty episodic in the beginning mm-hmm. um right but it just it's a slow burn but once you get to the, toward the end you're like oh it all makes sense now what's been going on and i mean who doesn't like a like a like a sci-fi western i wouldn't call it a space western necessarily there yeah. is space in it for a, t- a bit but there uh, it's mostly a land western <laughs> mm-hmm. or otherwise known as a, <laughs> a regular western, western taking place in a sci-fi world. Uh, so, and then speaking of Trigon and something that for some reason in my mind always pairs directly with it is, uh, watching Cowboy Bebop, uh, because oh, yeah? I had rewatched it like kind of recently. Well, I say that, but now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> I think I rewatched it like, like five or six years ago. So not that recently. Hmm. Uh, but, I, but it's on net, yeah. Netflix uh, in in Japan, mm-hmm. so with no no English subtitles, and 
Um, oh. Gowry's never watched it, so I was like, hey, well, you could watch this, and I'll just follow along, because <laughs> I've seen it a million times, so I don't need subtitles. And so we watched the first couple of episodes, but haven't got, made a lot of progress recently. That's awesome. Um, Dana and I actually worked our way through Trigun a few years back. Can we, can we uh, one of the very few anime series Dana has ever seen front to back. Um, yeah, I Trigun is very, or sorry, not Trigun. Um, Cowboy Bebop is very interesting to me watching nowadays because it like uh, that could be a whole show. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know once you get through it because we could have a, a pretty good conversation about um how it feels watching now versus what it felt like before um, <laughs> yeah i i remember specifically the last time i rewatched it feeling at the end like i don't i don't want to watch this anymore for a while because it's so good the story is really good and it makes me sad at the end every single time and i'm just like i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to go through this emotional roller coaster anymore so yeah uh <laughs> i stopped i just like i don't want to watch this again but then it, it draws like when you start watching the beginning part of the series you're like oh yeah it's still so fun and good yeah maybe everyone will, will it's turn out with a happy life at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe if i watch it this time it'll be it'll different. be different <laughs> <laughs> did you ever watch the live action cowboy no. Bob? no 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 it wasn't as ter like mm -hmm. certain things were terrible but well, that's why they canceled it like um, a second after it released well that's just because like netflix could not handle the pressure of like such a negative reaction to it they were just like oh we got to kill this we got to like sacrifice it at the altar of fan opinion wasn't the um, director like some kind of grifter I don't. I don't know. I don't think I so. Don't know. I'm, I, I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't repeat these like <laughs> random hearsay. You're never working in showbiz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, I. So I am starting on Trigun, uh, and will be equipped to do a full discussion on it. I really because uh, I think it's a very interesting thing to to go back to. If if I remember correctly, maybe you have done this since. I thought you told me that you didn't watch it from start to beginning or beginning to end uh, back in the time when it was on TV. Is that still hold true? Is that right? I probably, I've seen the first few episodes like a million times yeah. and then I've seen like the end all the way through once. Um, it just, I don't know why. I have a hard time remembering why I didn't like it. Maybe it was all the stupid, like, just the dub. Maybe the dub just drove me nuts. Um, so I'll watch it in Japanese, too. It, um, my theory is it's like Inuyasha in that... Mm. In, in the way... What I mean is <laughs> in that uh, a certain kind of early 2000s adolescent anime fan behaved, loved mm. Inuyasha and Trigon. And I get the feeling mm -hmm. that Kenny, a very serious adolescent person, was had no time for these <laughs> for these <laughs> kind of things. Like, ugh, I anyone who likes Trigon is instantly someone who participates in the glomp circle, and I don't want to deal with it. Is what I this that's, uh, that's what I think. That's very likely. Is like what ha what <laughs> happened. 
you know, I don't want to say like chat room memes out loud kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's always the vibe I got from why you didn't like it, but I could be very wrong. I just assumed that was the case. That's very possible. Like shows absent of fandom tend to be way better. (laughs) And so maybe watching Trigun by myself and like it being well here's the thing though um there's a new trigun series coming I know. I... and so that fandom is going to be revived soon so i, I this is my moment well, I... I have to get in before that's back yeah you should because i think it's going to be a very uh it's going to be contentious because have you seen like the tri- yeah. the like any of the material surrounding this new trigun yes yes because it's a it's a cg anime yeah uh-huh which is definitely a decision. And I know one that you are not no. in favor of. Uh, if it were just CG, that would, that would be one thing. But the, mm-hmm. the character, re- the, the redesign, it looks like a Pixar movie. And I, it, like, <laughs> it just looks like garbage. Not to say that yeah. the people who made it aren't talented and good at what, they're do- what they do. I'm sure it's, it's fine. But no, Trigun's supposed to be like a gritty, like, I don't know, like, realistic kind of show not this like jack and daxter cg looking thing i don't know it looks really it looks <laughs> so it just doesn't look like trigun yeah. and i'm like why would they do this what have they done to my boy yeah <laughs> they murdered my, <laughs> they, my, they murdered my boy uh <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's the kind of the vibe i got yeah. when i was looking at that. i was like what who made who thought this was gonna yeah be? i can feel that I, I get what you're saying. And it is like the it's gonna have to be so good to overcome that just visual aversion that we have to it. Um yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I just don't know why they would uh, my like a live action would even be better. Like at least it looks like humans moving yeah. on. I will tell you that like part of my hesitation I'm I will watch Trigun, but part of my hesitation is like it's going to be very hard not to want to replicate all of the firearms in Trigun. <laughs> I've been um, wanting to do that since so I was I'm a really kid. I'm really worried about what it's what it's going to do. Uh, I'm going to be like, oh, God, I'm going to want to... I, I've seen um, Vash the Stampede's revolver on... Um, uh, Thingiverse or whatever? Like Thingiverse yeah. and for 3D printing. Yeah. Um, that's the same thing. Like, I keep remembering, like... At random sporadic times in my life, like, oh yeah, I could print a uh, caster right mm-hmm. now. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, you just you took the thought right <laughs> out of my head. Like, that's why I haven't watched Outlaw Star lately, is because I'm like, if I see the caster, there's nothing that's going to stop me from like hyper fixating and modeling one and like spending hundreds of hours getting it right. I but maybe I should, maybe I should just do it. I thought about uh. 3D printing, like those little, well, they're not little in the show, but those like round, like the spherical, the uh, cylindrical, like uh, wooden things in <laughs> in Tenchi Muyo that are like the gods. Oh yeah, the the guardians. guardians. And I want to like put yeah. some LEDs in there and have them blink. Like I thought, think, I think that'd be really cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can make that like happen. a little like on a, um, put them, so I can put them on my desk, like little desk things. I think they'd be cool. Yeah. Or like make a make a 
uh, open source smart speaker that is oh. shaped like the um, the c uh, control computer on the Outlaw Star. Oh. Oh man. I'm not gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> I didn't think of that. That's good. Yep. Well, game over. Get to modeling. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in closing, uh, oh, I forgot to mention, I since yeah. last time we spoke, I went to the Yokohama Gundam. Oh yeah, the Yokohama. The Gundam. big Gundam, the big real ass Gundam. Like, if, if yeah. you've been to Odaiba. That's trash Gundam compared to this. This Gundam is <laughs> really cool. It's first of all, it's one to one scale, so it's really mm -hmm. big, and it's in like a, its own like it's in its own hangar slash like bay where, where you mm -hmm. know like uh, I mean obviously this is in Gundam like the, the bay, but like, yeah. to get a good visual, I'm gonna jump to a different anime where imagine. Uh, like when the Ava's about to launch and uh, Ray gets like mm -hmm. wheeled by in her desolate state. <laughs> it's like that. You're, it's all like the, the catwalks yeah. are all around the Gundam and then like it counts down and then all the catwalks like break away and the Gundam comes out and there's steam everywhere. It's really cool. I'm telling you, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so I went to that. I'll post some pictures in the show notes as well, but it's, I highly recommend it. Uh, now that the borders are open. Oh yeah. In, That's the other in thing, my yeah. attempt to bury the lead, I will now reveal that <laughs> the borders will open on October 11th. So come yeah. on down and see the Gundam, which is open until <laughs> spring of this of 2023. So you can still see it. Then they're gonna just oh, take nice. it down and put it somewhere, I guess. What? I don't know what they're gonna do with it, but it, it it's a temporary installation. Yeah, that's what I thought when I learned that. I was like, what? Well, but you built this big Gundam thing. <laughs> That's crazy. It's on like an abandoned dock in Yokohama. There's like mm. this old, mm -hmm. what used to be like a shipping, like pier, like an entire pier, not just a dock, yeah. but like an entire pier that is like flat. Like there's nothing there now except for the Gundam and like a big road That's to crazy. get to the Gundam. Yeah. So I guess they're going to turn that into like a park or something. But in the meantime, the Gundam is there. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Hopefully they put it up maybe they'll, they'll put it in another city so you can see it yeah i don't know they're building them every every uh, uh some various different places they're just putting gundams up like just different gundam statues like uh this is the world that i maybe they're hoping for this is the world that i thought i might live in and now it's finally happening <laughs> <laughs> nice. but they're not it's, i wish they were more functional well <laughs> like, the Oklahoma one is pretty the, cool it's re yeah really awesome it moves it for for the audience like it like it takes steps does, it walks goes through some action it walks and, out yeah. a few steps out of its like little hangar and then it like does a kneeling pose like it's going to get launched off the catapult and mm. it's just it's just cool i don't know what else to tell you that's awesome um and i also went to the they they were doing an exhibition at somewhere where were the, i don't remember where this was but Somewhere in Tokyo, they're doing an exhibition on the Gegege no Kitaro. Oh, nice. So yeah. you could go there, and it was like an exhibition specifically on yokai. So you could go and uh, use your smartphone to do like a AR experience where you can like see nice. yokai in the exhibit. Uh, and they had some stuff from from the author, which was good. Oh, I, I, did I yeah. tell you this in the last episode that I read through all of... Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh, that you watched it? Did you read no, it? I read. I read all of... Uh... No, I watched all of Gege no Kitaro. Yes, I told you that before. But I, I yeah. read Onward Toward Our Noble Deaths. Noble Death. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. We should do a whole episode <laughs> yeah, on it. I'll reread yeah, it. Yeah, but I read that, and I was like, oh, shit. That guy had some <laughs> tough times. Yeah. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Those are two things I did. Like, right after recording nice. the last time, I, we did that. So, Oh, nice. That's awesome. The, the mark from the last episode. Yeah, I remember the photos in the video you sent from the Yokohama Gundam. I was like, damn it. It's so beautiful and majestic. Kinda, I need to see one of those. Like, if you could tell the little kid version of me, like, someday you're going to go to Japan and there's going to be a big, realistic-ass-looking <laughs> Gundam in a Gundam installation that looks like a Federation base. <laughs> And you're going to go mm-hmm. see it, and it's going to be cool. I'd be like, well, probably as a little kid, I'd be like, well, hell yeah, I will, because that sounds like something that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> but if you told maybe yeah, definitely high future. school me, I'd be like, yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to be, like, as kids, us, we're just, we're just like, we're going to be piloting Gundams. Like, that's where we're going to yeah, be. Yeah, we're not there yet. Uh, we're yeah. close. We're close. Soon. <laughs> uh well, yeah, that's all I got for this, uh, this nice. episode. It's been some good. There's been some good anime, some good anime discussions, and some good baked potatoes. <laughs> oh yeah, we did talk about boys. Boys, <laughs> yeah, that's where I am right now. <laughs> uh, and it'll probably be edited out of the show, but uh, there's a. I also got this fun phone call from my spouse that they are suffering from an appendicitis <laughs> while I'm on a business trip. So uh, I'm going to go get hammered because <laughs> it's not going to be fun going home. No, that sounds awful. Uh, yeah. Well, it's 3 It's three p.m. for me. I guess I could start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weekend. Go nuts. That's true. Yeah. I, okay, so at that, uh, at that, uh, we'll close on this thought about um, how I, how I knew I shouldn't, I, I got a very clear sign that I should not be ordering uh, sushi in in Boise. Um, I ordered sake at the <laughs> at that restaurant, and it came to me in a like a champagne flute. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> now, like it was, and not like a not like a tall, but like a short, almost like the type of champagne flute you would expect to be in like someone's like first apartment yeah <laughs> like not i was just like what is it said this? happy new like, year 2011 why, why is this on not it? in a shot glass <laughs> what was it that? said happy new year 2011 on it <laughs> no, yeah. like this is what we could find yeah and, uh, it was uh it was a bad it was i was just like okay they've had, i made a mistake. they've had that unopened bottle of sake back there for you know since <laughs> they bought this champagne flute from 2011 <laughs> it was it was rough uh, lesson learned. Fortunately, I did not die from eating that sushi. I'm still You'll here. be fine. I've eaten, eaten a lot of questionable stuff, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's been <laughs> fine so far. <laughs> All right. Well, um, oh, somebody came. I, can you hear that in the microphone? No. Okay, good. Well, that'll do it for the Annie Bros. You can, uh, as usual, go to our website, anniebrospodcast.com. And go see our other friends who post not that much stuff uh, at <laughs> com, And you can go to Twitter and you can go to 
Spotify and you can go to Google Podcasts and you can type Annie Bros into Google and um, find us. I'm sure you're all smart people and you can do it. <laughs> uh, and you can find me, Kenny, on Twitter at Sakoku underscore Otaku. I'm at Levenboth on Twitter and that will do it for this riveting episode. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Go watch your talking video. Yeah. Go watch any anime and leave us a comment. Leave us a comment. Please leave us a comment. Ooh, yeah. You get like Who's your favorite character in Cyberpunk? Yeah. Or have you seen Cyberpunk? Or were you alive to Have you seen Otaku no Video? See, yeah. <laughs> were were you a teenager when Otaku no Video came out and you're like, "Wow, these young kids don't know anything." That's probably what happens <laughs> when we start talking about how old Do we are. Are you a listener that lives in the city of Boise? Or the state of Idaho. Let us know. Yeah. Is your name Patrick? Do you grow potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be so many people who are like, yes, I live in Boise. Yes, I grow potatoes. But it's not all of us. <laughs> yeah. It's half. Yeah. Half it's of like, us. That's not fair. <laughs> I mean, yes, I do do those things. But come on now. 